0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I want to talk to you about parting instructions. I want us to think about of when we go on a trip, when we're heading out of town for a day or two on a business trip, what do we tell our family, our wife, our children, our husband, whoever we leave behind? We reassure them that we'll be back. We tell them we love them. We say, you know, I'll be back in a day or two, or I'll be back on Thursday, or... Remember the things you need to do until I get back. You know, keep the doors locked, stay safe. We remind them of these things, right? And then we we tell them to watch out for each other, take care of each other while I'm gone. Things like that. Well, Jesus also left us a lot of parting instructions when he was preparing to leave the disciples. We can find a lot of these instructions in John chapters 13 through 16. That's 13, 14, 15, and 16. So I'm going to be strictly in those chapters throughout this if you wanted to follow along. we I am going to have, for the video's purpose, I am going to have scriptures here on the screen. But there's just a a lot of things that the Lord says in these chapters. Now we're going to review, really just hit the highlights of these chapters and try to really look at the things that Jesus is stressing to us in his absence, knowing that he's going away. My hope is that we will be encouraged and strengthened by what the Lord is telling us. Remember, we want to take these things personally and apply them to ourselves. So let's set the scene. John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. See, Jesus knows he's leaving. He needs to prepare the ones that he loves, the disciples and thus us in the long run, but immediately, you know, the disciples he's leaving behind. They need to be ready for his absence. And of course, again, that includes us. If we look at the next few verses, this is still John chapter 13, verses 2 through 5. and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. After the Passover meal, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He's again preparing for his departure. He wants to show his love. And how does he show his love? By serving the ones he cares about. Notice that this does include Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. We look down in verses 12 through 17, still the same chapter. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus gives this gives us this example that we should follow, the example of service to each other. Note that he's still teaching, even as he knows he's preparing to leave. The Lord wants us as his disciples to be prepared for his absence. Then, after Judas Iscariot leaves, Jesus speaks to the eleven that are left. Now, it's important to know that from here on, Judas is not involved in what Jesus is speaking or teaching. Judas returns in chapter 18 with troops and officers of the priests and the Pharisees to arrest the Lord. So we're going to move down still in chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. So when he had gone out, now speaking of Judas again, so when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in Him. If God is glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself, and glorify Him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek Me, and as I said to the Jews, Where I am going you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, I may have said that slightly wrong. If you read this, you could say, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. So, it's kind of a new commandment and then a reinforcement of that commandment. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So after Judas leaves, the Lord acknowledges that he is leaving and tells the disciples again that he, you know, he's leaving. Then Jesus gives us this new commandment that we should love each other as he loved us. How did the Lord love us? Well, he gave everything, right? Yes, he did. So now, the disciples are upset because he's leaving. At the start of the next chapter, John, chapter 14, verses 1-3, through 3, Jesus is uh, comforting or addressing this, reassuring them. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus is encouraging us to trust Him, and He's letting us know that He's going to come back and get us. He wants us to be where He is. He's going to come back and take us to this new home. We look down at verses five and six, He also Stresses that we should know how to follow him, his example. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the Lord tells us very clearly, he alone is our salvation. We do not want to be deceived or confused on this point ever. Looking down, verses 12-14, through 14, this is the Lord talking again, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than he these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, Jesus encourages us here that he's going to the Father, that we will continue his work and do greater works. Now, I take that to mean that we collectively, as the Lord's body, as his body and representatives, we will help to save even more souls with the Lord, with God, not that we're truly doing anything, you know, of ourselves. And Jesus gives us his name that we can use in prayer to the Father. He will stand for us in front of the Father, interceding for us in our prayers. He says, twice he will do what we ask in his name, so we will praise God, right? That the Father may be glorified in the Son, that he will be praised we look at verses 15-17, the Lord continues, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Lord promises us the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us in his absence. Then in verses 18-21, through again Jesus continues, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So notice we are not orphans. We're not alone in this world. The Lord also promises that we will be loved by God the Father if we follow Him, because we love Him if we keep His commandments. And He promises to reveal Himself to us. This is where He's saying, manifest myself to Him. He promises to reveal Himself. And the Lord reveals Himself to us in His Word, of course. We look at verses 22 and 23. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So if we love the Lord and keep his word, then the Lord and God the Father are with us And this means here, now, in this life, even in this world. Verses 27 and 28. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now Jesus gives us his peace. He comforts us, comforts us He comforts us with the knowledge that he is coming back to us. The Lord even encourages us to rejoice that he is with the Father, because we love him and the pain and anguish of his sacrifice is over at that point. And also, much more reason to rejoice even than that, is that he is standing before the Father as our representative. He is our high priest with God. So then in the next chapter, we go to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Jesus gives us a parable about our Christian life. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So the father removes branches that produce no fruit because they take resources that the other branches that are bearing fruit need. And he prunes branches that do produce. So they will produce more. There's an entire lesson there, but just to give it a quick summary, sometimes we must be trimmed back or diminished or have bad spots removed so we can grow further and stronger and healthier, and produce more fruit. He reminds us that we cannot bear fruit by ourselves. We need Jesus, the true vine, to bear fruit. Then, in verses 5-8, through the Lord immediately elaborates to be very clear to make sure that we understand, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Jesus is the vine. Without him, we can't do anything. He warns us what will happen to those who do not abide in him, who do not believe. He encourages us that if we keep his word and follow him, then we can ask for whatever would help us to produce fruit. Now, I know it says what we desire, but we need to remember the whole context here. This is about producing fruit for God. Whatever we need to fulfill God's will to save more souls or to help others, that will be done. You just look at verse 8, you can tell the Lord is still talking about being branches of the vine. Now, and he does mention bearing fruit again later on. We'll see that in this evening. It is on his mind that we bear fruit in his absence. So we go to verses 9 and 10. He tells us how to abide in His love. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. such so pretty simple. If we keep the Lord's commandments, which we know what they are, right? They're very simple. It's love God, love your neighbor as yourself, and love one another as He has loved us. Then in verses 11-15, through These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. The Lord's joy fills us, the satisfaction of knowing that we are doing the right and honorable things and following God and His plan, the pleasure of caring for and helping others. And then He reminds us to love one another as He loved us. Uh, Again, this is a theme with the Lord. Then He calls us His friends if we follow His commands. And it's, it's touching that He does this because... You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Verses 16 and 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. Now Jesus chose us and appointed us again to bear fruit, to save others, and to help others. He reminds us again to love one another and that whatever we ask in this endeavor, okay, whatever we ask in this endeavor for the Lord, He will, our, our Father will give us whatever we ask in His name. So verses 18 through 20. The Lord gives us a warning here. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So do not be surprised that the world hates us for following the Lord. There are those lost souls who just cannot stand before God's truth, so they want to tear it and us down. They mistakenly think they will win something from doing that. But Jesus already won that fight. We just need to stand with him and for him. And notice that he refers to, in verse 20, a servant is not greater than his master. He's referring all the way back to chapter 13 in the beginning when he told them after he washed their feet that a servant is not greater than his master. And he's using this as an example. Again, they're going to persecute me. They're going to persecute you. Do not be surprised. So then, in the next chapter, John chapter 16, verses 1-4, through Jesus explains further, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God service. Now, if you think about that, uh, that always makes me think of Saul before he became Paul. And there are other instances and other places and times in the world where things like that have happened, but it always reminds me of him. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. So the Lord has given us this warning so that we will expect it and it will not hurt our faith. And this very last line about I did not say to you in the beginning at the beginning because I was with you, that it really is for the disciples that are standing, you know, they are really there because he was present with them. So that that one line you can easily say does not recount to us because we have not been with him physically in this world. Now, if we look at verses 5-11, through 11, he tells us why he is leaving and he reassures us that it is better for us. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going. But because I have sent these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Because of the Lord's sacrifice, we will have the help or we have the help of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps us in our life to judge and convict actions. Our actions and the world's actions so we know what is sin and what is righteousness. And it is also better because Jesus defeated the ruler of this world. That's the That's the judgment for the ruler of this world. Satan has been disarmed and stripped of his power in this world, and that's for us. Verses 13-15, Jesus mentions or explains further about the Holy Spirit. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth, God's truth. He will only speak God's truth, and he will glorify the Lord. If we go down to verses 23 and 24, Jesus speaks of the days we live in, the new covenant days after the Lord has risen and gone to the Father. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He tells us to ask in His name, and we will receive. Now, that's so our joy will be full. That's the joy we mentioned earlier, the joy of fulfilling God's purpose, the joy of caring about and helping others. Then we look at verses 26 and 27. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. We are able to pray to the Father through Jesus' name. And he reminds us that the Father loves us. That's why all of this was done. That's why all this came about. It's important, too, because why would we pray to someone who didn't care about us? But God does love us, and we can freely pray to him in Jesus' name. Then we go to verse 33. Finally, before Jesus does his own prayer for all of us in chapter 17, this is the end of chapter 16. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, it's a short couple of sentences, but it carries a lot, and it's kind of a summary of what he's been telling us this whole evening. He has told us these things so that we can be in peace in this world, we can have contentment and joy, no matter what our situation. Again, he warns us that we will have trouble, issues will come up. But the final word is that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. All these things that we think are so big and scary and important in this life are nothing. Even when we die and pass from this life, we get to move on to a better life in the Lord. So I want to notice several things that the Lord repeated and stressed to us over the course of this evening before He left as His departing instructions. It's important for us to remember and think about these things in the context of He's leaving and He knows He's leaving. Repeatedly, He encourages us to love one another. I counted at least five times that He said that. Care for one another, watch after each other while He's away. Then He repeatedly reminds us to keep His commandments. Now this, He said about seven times. So seven times He told us, To do these things, love God, love our neighbor as ourselves, and love one another as He loved us. With all that Jesus told us, and He did tell us more, He stressed to us those things the most. So I hope this has been encouraging to you to think about what the Lord has told us to do. In His absence, we live You know, we live in those days, in the time of his absence. He told us what to focus on so we can follow him properly. You know, he encourages us and reminds us of these things. Jesus was very concerned for us that we would follow his example of service and his commandments. And his commandments were three things. Love God with all your heart and all your strength. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. And love one another as He loved us. So I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.